Hello everyone, my name is Sky Menhart and you are listening to Manic State of Mind, a podcast where I discuss my journey with bipolar disorder, mental health tips, and more. So welcome to today's episode, you guys. Today I wanted to discuss my very tumultuous relationship with sleep. Now, I think for a lot of people, we don't think about how much sleep is affecting us and how when we experience a lack of sleep or when we're sleeping too much, how it can really affect our moods and our habits and the way we move about our day. So as someone with bipolar disorder, I am very much affected by my sleep, and this can go in both directions. Whether I'm experiencing mania or depression, my sleep plays a very important role in my mental health. And so when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I was kind of at the beginning of my journey. I didn't really understand why sleep was so important, and at the beginning, I really wanted to I wanted to feel good and I knew if I didn't sleep I would feel hypomanic and so sometimes I'd stay up all night on purpose so that I would feel the feelings of hypomania. But even before I was diagnosed I really struggled with sleep. All throughout high school I was experiencing a lot of insomnia. I It was so hard for me to go to bed and just fall asleep. I would be up for nights, for weeks with no sleep, and I would be so depressed and stressed out because of that. So I didn't really, I didn't really get a grip on my sleep until a few years ago recently. So and like I said, in, my, in the beginning of my journey, I would often stay up all night or spend a few nights, you know, staying up late so that I would feel hypomanic the next day because I was so depressed and I wanted to get out of that depression. And now that I know how easily affected I am by a lack of sleep, I don't do that anymore. Um, one of my manic episodes, one of my worst manic episodes was caused just because I drank two cups of coffee in one day and then I was up for two weeks and that caused me to become psychotic and manic. It was horrible. So after that manic episode, I kind of stopped messing with my sleep and I realized that it was a very important thing for me and I needed to be on a schedule and be on a routine and be on a on a good schedule with my sleep. So I was reading this book, The Bipolar Disorder Survival Guide. This is a book by Dr. David J. Miklovitz, and I get a lot of my information from this book because it's been really helpful for me. And in this book, it talks about how people who have bipolar disorder are probably more sensitive to changes in their sleep cycle. So that means if you do struggle with bipolar disorder, you might be more affected by a lack of sleep than somebody else. And this is a hard concept to grasp at times, especially if you're someone who's young, you want to go out, you want to have fun, you want to go party, but it's like the next day you may feel horrible, you may either feel depressed, you may feel anxious, and the lack of sleep can really affect you. Even if you don't have bipolar disorder, sleep plays a big role into mental health, into everyone's mental health even if you don't have depression or anxiety, even if you're just a quote-unquote regular person, sleep is very important. So whenever I was growing up and whenever I was first diagnosed at 17, I didn't understand this concept. And I would go out, I would go party all night in college, and then I'd wake up earlier the next day and I would feel horrible, but it would like 
it just, I didn't understand the consequences and how this lack of sleep would really affect my moods. And I would get severely depressed without sleep. Um, so it was really hard for me to cope because I knew I needed to have a schedule. But as a young person, I wanted to just be like all of my friends and be able to go drink, go party, go smoke, go have a good time and not suffer as many consequences. But unfortunately, because of my, well, unfortunately, that can be debated. I don't know whether fortunately or unfortunately, I've kind of been forced to get on to a schedule. And so being this highly sensitive person that I am, I have to be on a routine and I have to get a good amount of sleep or else I can't function. So sleep can be especially important if you are struggling with hypomania because if you have bipolar one, hypomania can lead to mania if you let it. And so or even if you don't want it to, sometimes it just happens, but sleep can play a major role. In all of my manic episodes that I've had up to this point, sleep has played a major role because every time before I became manic, I was not getting enough sleep. And so when you're hypomanic, when you're in that period of hypoarousal and you're having a good time, you're, you're happy, you're feeling good, you feel like, oh, maybe I don't need as much sleep as I used to. I feel great, you know? Um, it can be very risky for you to stay up the, you know, an extra hour later or get off your sleep schedule or spend a whole night awake. These things can really propel you toward mania, which can be really dangerous. So I really encourage everyone to find what works for them. This can be a very, it's, it's a journey. Like I say, it's a journey. It's a struggle because you have to find a routine that works for you. You have to find a routine that feels right for you and that you can benefit from because some people are night owls like myself. My energy peaks in the nighttime. That's just the case. I think this is because of insomnia. I think this is because of my bipolar disorder. I think there's a lot of reasons. But for whatever reason, my energy peaks at night. And so if I'm not doing something before I go to bed, like writing or letting my energy out in some way creatively, then I'm going to be up all night with all these racing thoughts of things that I want to do. And so it's important if you can, to find an outlet for yourself to get your energy out, especially if you have hypomania, mania, and you want to calm yourself down and you want to channel your energy into something, you really need to find a way to let your energy out and express yourself so that when it comes time to go to bed, you don't have all these racing thoughts and racing ideas. That's one thing I've really had to learn, and I'm currently learning right now with myself because I've been having an overflow of creative ideas lately for a long time, for about a year. I've been going through um, more of a hypomanic period, and I've been having just so many thoughts and ideas of different things I want to do, different writings I want to write, different poems, different songs, different you know jokes. I have all this stuff going on in my head. And so I've realized if I'm not blocking out time during the day to do these things, then it's going to be harder for me to fall asleep. And it's annoying because it's so fun at night when you're just laying in bed and you just want to daydream and let your mind go wild. But for me, that can be really detrimental because then I'm not sleeping. I'm staying up late. I'm losing hours of sleep and I can't relax. So I think it's important for all of us, especially as creative individuals, as artists, as 
people who struggle with mental illness, we need to let, give ourselves the time to have an outlet. And that doesn't even have to be something creative. It could be anything, whether you're building a puzzle, whether you're playing with Legos, just something that can harness your energy, something that can focus your energy so that later on in the night, whenever you're struggling with insomnia, it'll be easier for you to go to bed and for your mind to rest. So even if you're depressed, even if you don't struggle with bipolar disorder, but you struggle with depression or anxiety, sleep can help you so much. I remember when I was in high school and I was an insomniac to the fullest extent and I would just go to class. I would be so tired. I couldn't focus. I just wanted I wanted to die because I was so (laughs) done with not being able to sleep and I I felt horrible. My anxiety was at an all-time high. Every night I'd feel so much anxiety because I knew I wasn't going to sleep, but I didn't know how to sleep and I was just having a horrible horrible time. And so if you're able to get some sort of medication to help, this can be really helpful. I think it's a struggle even when you are on medication because you don't want to become dependent. Like for me right now, I'm taking benzodiazepines to help me sleep. And well, I take one at night, but I have found that it's really easy to become dependent on benzodiazepines. And so I would rather do an alternative form of medicine than relying on, you know, a pill. But if it helps, if it works for you, then it works for you. And that's good. And that's your journey. That's what you need to figure out for yourself. I find sometimes melatonin can be helpful. That doesn't necessarily calm my anxiety, but it does make me feel a little tired. So like my body's kind of ready and telling me to go to sleep. Um, But I've also found another helpful thing is meditation or mindfulness. I know people have mixed feelings about meditation and people may feel like, oh, well, I'm opening my mind up and I don't know what to do. And it can be a little scary at first, but I really encourage you to try meditation and mindfulness because what it is, is you're just letting go of your thoughts. You're shutting your brain off. You're just giving yourself a mental rest. And you're focusing on something very peaceful, very calm, very soothing. And this can really help you wind down after a full day. And it can just help you relax. I think one of the hardest things that I've had to learn how to do, and I haven't even learned it yet, but um, is I haven't learned how to relax. This has been a struggle ever since I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I've had a hard time relaxing. And so I encourage you, if, you, if you're struggling like me with this relaxation, meditation and mindfulness can be really helpful things. Mindfulness is when you're just grounding yourself in your body, you're coming back to your body, you're grounding yourself in the moment, you're feeling present, you're feeling here and now. And this can be really helpful for relaxation because sometimes I feel like, When I'm going throughout my day, I feel like my head is in the clouds. I am all over the place. I I feel, often I feel disconnected from my body. I feel out of my body. I feel high and euphoric in a way. And it can be really hard to come back in and be present. And I, I know people who struggle with dissociation often have this feeling of like being out of your body. And that can be really hard to deal with. But mindfulness will bring you right back. It'll bring you in, it will center you, and it will give you some time and some space to feel present and to feel like you're in this moment. 
And what I've found is that mindfulness actually makes me more sleepy than meditation. So you have to find what works for you, but these are just my tips because I've been struggling with insomnia for years and I am finally learning what works for me. Another thing I've found that's important when you're struggling with insomnia, like I was saying earlier, is having a routine. This is vital. And I mean, I've come to this place where I believe that you need a routine in your life regardless of what you're doing or what you're struggling with. Like, it's so important to have a schedule and a routine. But I'm specifically speaking about a sleep routine right now because there can be some sort of peace that can be found when you have a ritual before you go to bed. I love rituals. I have rituals every day in my life and they really help me calm myself focus my energy find my intention and just be grounded in the moment and so when i go to bed i try every night i make myself a cup of sleepy time tea i put lavender and chamomile and i put a little honey and i drink my tea i take my medicine i take some cbd and i just wind down and I, I Sometimes watching a TV show helps me wind down or reading a book or writing in my journal. There's so many things you can do and so many options you have to just relax and just learn to be present and to just focus on yourself. Because I think self-care in, in the bipolar disorder journey, in your mental health journey, self-care is so important. It is essential into feeling good and to making your feelings what you want them to be. So I found that having a beautiful ritual as I go to sleep and having a routine for the evening can be really helpful and help me get a good night's sleep. And I'm going to be real with you, whenever I whenever I don't do my routine, whenever I stay up a little later past my bedtime, it really affects me and I'm not able to sleep. So I encourage you guys to make a little ritual for yourself. Write down a few things that you think would make you feel good before you go to bed and then practice them and see, you know, fine tune it, see what works for you. Experiment, just see what you can do to help yourself stay calm, relax, and have a good time falling asleep. So as I mentioned earlier, sometimes you can get on medication to help with sleep. And medication is an interesting thing because I found with my journey that I've I've been addicted to clonopin. I was addicted to clonopin when I was like 18 years old because that's what they gave me and I was like drinking a lot I was in college I was drinking and I was using clonopin and I was it was bad so I was addicted to clonopin and clonopin is a benzodiazepine so benzodiazepines can be very effective you know you think of Xanax Ativan um, Temazepam what's the other one clonopin uh I can't think of Oh, like Valium, those kind of medications, they can be very, very effective. But I encourage you to find alternatives to benzodiazepines. And I'm not, obviously, my advice does not constitute the advice of your medical healthcare provider, but I think it can be very easy to become dependent on these medications. 
And the thing with benzos, this has been my experience and this is what I've been told by psychiatrists, is that you kind of build up an immunity to benzos. So you'll start off with one milligram and you'll take that for a while, but then it starts to become less effective and so you have to take two milligrams and then three milligrams and then four and you develop this heavy dependency on them to the point where you can't sleep without them. And this is a struggle that, I come, that I've been struggling with for a long time, for years. Because I've used benzodiazepines to help with my anxiety and with my sleep for, a few, for years, ever since I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, but it's always important to be aware of, your, of how the level that you need these medications. Because it can be detrimental to your health if you're dependent on something to go to sleep. And so there's always natural remedies, um, natural herbs and substances that can help you relax that aren't habit forming and that don't form a physiological addiction. I've used marijuana before. That's been really effective for me, especially with sleep and with relaxing. Um, but it, it can be expensive. It can be expensive to upkeep these habits. So it's important to find what works for you and to be safe in whatever you're doing. Just be safe and use everything in moderation. I find that whenever I'm dependent on anything, whether it be marijuana, whether it be benzodiazepines, I don't think it's a good thing. I think I've I've been learning to have everything balanced and to stay balanced because sometimes when it, when you when it's like when you need that thing when you need that fix it can be really dangerous because then you're dependent and you're and you need it and that's not what you want and i've realized that within my own life especially now lately with the benzo with the benzos with ativan it's like i i've felt such a dependency on it like i need it like i need it every night but I've had to reduce my dose every night a little bit, a little bit, and I'm getting back on track. But it can be really hard. It can be really hard with these chemical substances, even when they're administered by a healthcare provider, by a psychiatrist who has your best interest at heart. It can be hard to, you know, be firm with yourself and decide what you need to do because only you can really decide what's best for you at the end of the day. So... I just wanted to close off about uh, with a story, <laughs> a story of my last manic episode. So I'm not going to tell the whole story of how the manic episode came to be, but I wanted to talk about how long the hypomania lasted. So I became manic around the end of May last year, and I was hypomanic until about the end of August. So the hypomania lasted a long time and with the hypomania came insomnia. I was hard I couldn't sleep much. I would I tried to sleep every night but I couldn't sleep a lot. I was getting maybe 4 or 5 hours, sometimes 3. And it was really difficult and I just remember feeling so tired all the time. I would often take a nap in the afternoon and I knew it wasn't going to help me because it would keep me up at night but I was so exhausted that I just wanted some reprieve from this insomnia. And at the time I was using temazepam which is a benzodiazepine to help me sleep 
but sometimes even the benzos don't work. Um, sometimes my brain has been way too strong and it's like nothing will work, nothing will calm it. And that can be really frustrating. And so at that time, I was trying different medications for sleep. I tried gabapentin, but gabapentin, I don't even think it's really a medication for sleep. And it made my, it made water taste metallic and horrible. So I like, I couldn't keep taking it. I tried trazodone, but trazodone made me feel like I was hungover the next day and it was awful. It was not fun. And so all of these different medications I kept trying, but none of them would work. And I just rem- remember at the end of the hypomania, when I finally was getting back on track with my sleep schedule, I just felt so grateful. I was so thankful and I was so glad that I could finally rest and I could finally rejuvenate and heal myself. And so I encourage you to look into your relationship with sleep and how it affects you every day and how your sleep Uh, Your sleep hygiene and how you're getting to sleep can help you and make your sleep more restful, more fulfilling, so you can have more energy and feel good the next day. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And in the next one, we'll be discussing probably medication, maybe something else, because sometimes I switch it up. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.